Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. I'm Will Hasty. I'm Catherine Dunn. And you're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. September. Happy September. It's September now. I will kids go back to school and all those hormones start to rage and people have first experiences. It's all about school. Wake me up when September ends. <laughs> Wake me up when September. Hello, I'm Billy Joe. I recently got very old, and my voice got British and very scratchy. <laughs> Jimmy, look at what you're missing, man. Come back. Come back to us, wherever you but are. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Jimmy, and I'm right here. Oh, guess. shit, Jimmy. There you are. Oh, this there, is, come to tilt. My name is Alon. I'm joined once again by Catherine and Will, my uh, co-hosts, uh, for this edition of Lost in Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn, streaming online at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. That's the profile page. You can download the mobile app if you want to hear us on your devices of Android or iPhone variety. Simply RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone and RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android. Ow, ow. And we have a newsletter you could sign up for so you could hear about all of our giveaways, hear about all of our exciting new events that are coming up. It's only a once a month newsletter, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter to sign up for that. Get some swag while you're at it for the new year. You know, you never know when you'll need a hoodie. Because it's going to get colder out, unlike how it is, how it has been, rather, I should say, lately. This is true. It is quite, quite, quite warm out. And being a uh, overly sweaty white male, I have to say, it's been quite disgusting. Yeah, but you never know when you'll need that hoodie. That, hood, that swag bag, man, that's what I'm saying. Dude, swag bag, what it's all about? I live off swag bags. What about you, Catherine? Do you live off the swag bags? Uh, I did work for somebody who liked to gift out of the, sw- the swag bags. Mm. Would like, Actually, wait, say that again. Who liked what swag. out of a swag bag? Would gift out of the swag bags. Meaning what? She would take a free swag bag and be like, here, I got this gift just no, for you. Notoriously regifting. If, oh, if, if, if it didn't like meet her specifications, it went to the gift closet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Radio Free Brooklyn does thrive because of the kind contributions from listeners like you. We are a not-for-profit organization that can accept <laughs> all your donations. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and donate a dollar as little as a dollar or as much as i don't know a million dollars as much as a hamilton and alexander hamilton or a billion dollars guys radio free brooklyn really does allow a lot of artists to get their voices out there and provides a great 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 foundation for many 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 different people and it is a wonderful wonderful institution so if you can please do donate it is worth it all of your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law because we are a 501c3 so we all do this for free and we hope that you will uh, support all this community media that we got making content for you people yes it's 3 p.m. on Thursday afternoon and Lost and Rewound is the audio archive time capsule where we go dig deep down into the old uh, the, the trenches if you will the oh, trenches the history so why don't we get started with that right now? Whoa! Well, 
we uh, have returned for this week's edition as uh, three people, not two, not just me, but there are three of us here in the studio that all have stuff to contribute for this week. Oh, yeah. I feel like maybe, possibly, if there was to be an all-encompassing theme for this week's edition of Lost and Rewound, and that it would be a very kind of a, a broad definition, but roots, if you will. Getting our ooh, roots. Ooh, that was not, Elon, honestly, that's not where I thought you were going to go. Where did you think I was going to go? I thought you were going to say the one big theme for this week is embarrassment. But oh, well, no. that, that happens every week. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. But this is, but you're absolutely right. I mean, actually, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, this is absolutely a pretty significant moment of origin for me. Yeah. Oh, well, let's start with you then. Um, We have... We are... <laughs> Catherine's laughing. Her Catherine is losing her shit, as always, <laughs> because she just knows how fucking ridiculous and and what an asshole I am. Oh, Thank you, Catherine. so completely full of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. You guys I'm have trying known, to be polite. You guys have known each other for a long this, time. This Not movie... Even. Hey, hey, Mike, you don't even know what I'm showing, Catherine. I don't have this to. This clip... Oh, fuck you. I know you. This clip... Is, this cl- I, by, by the way, P.S., I really hope James Sheehan is listening because P.S. Shout out to James Sheehan. You would fu- you would fucking love Catherine because oh my god, does she know me? Anyway, <laughs> you know um, what you would love about her? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this asshole comment brought to you by Will Hasty. <laughs> uh, so we we've decided to collect some clips for this week and uh, for Will's submission. Because he is so involved with film, it only makes sense that we get a chance to learn a little bit about a film that he did in college. Will, tell us about this film and what, what is the name of it? So this movie is called Harold and Burns, and it is very close to my heart for many reasons. One, I was a uh, producer and uh, unofficial sort of co-director for a very small part of this film. I was the producer for the whole film, but basically I, I played a little role in sort of helping write it. It was largely con. It was Colin Thays is the director and Colin Thays. This was his thesis film. Um, and he was very, very generous to me to allow me to have so much input on something where most, you know, undergrad thesis film guys are sort of like, no, I control everything. You leave me alone. And he was a really good friend. I mean, he's a suit. He, he and I are both. Um, super nerds and Connell has actually become um, a, fair, a pretty successful director himself. He makes mostly slasher horror films these days. Oh, um, and he is a I believe he's still a contracted director with the with the Chiller Network. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very profitable network. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I was a sophomore um, when we made this film. You were a sophomore in, in college. Wesleyan? Ed Wesleyan. Correct. Ed Wesleyan. We, how, um, how is their film department? Uh, their film department is actually incredibly prestigious. But here's the thing. They have the one I, before I went to Wesleyan, I got to work um, in Los Angeles at Warner Brothers for a couple of years, um, for about three years before I went to college for the three summers leading up to it. And the one thing I heard pretty consistently was, I hate hiring Wesleyan film majors. <laughs> I said, why? <laughs> and they said, because they think they're God's fucking gift to the film industry. Not and they, just the film industry. Oh, fuck you. And they've made, <laughs> and they've made one shit film. And that's largely Which true. Which was that? Um, be, for me? For, I wasn't a film major. Oh, was, 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 was this the film that we're about to hear? The shit if, no, 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 yeah, no, no. There's, somehow there's... it still describes you. Oh, oh, God. How many films did you work on at Wesleyan? Uh, altogether uh, in, in some capacity? Uh, nine? That's a lot. But here's the key. I came From to freshman to senior year. Nine films. Well, sophomore to senior year. You weren't allowed to do any films in freshman year, or you just didn't? You're not allowed to do any films freshman year in the film major. The film okay. major is primarily a film studies major. Janine right. Basinger... 
who was the person who started the film program, essentially got rejected from every film program she ever applied to and then essentially went off and started her own. Martin Scorsese loves her program, loves her. They agree very strongly on the sort of style of filmmaking, which is largely subjectivity based. And so she was sort of like this intellectual powerhouse who had a lot of pull with a lot of powerful people in Hollywood. However, it's mostly a film studies major. So you're not making movies. You're studying films. Right. And the problem is that gives a lot of people who've never touched a camera before a belief that they understand it on a much more profound level than they actually do. Because the problem with film theory is that it assumes that you have 100% of the film under your control. And that's just bullshit. That is totally unhindered bullshit. So would you say that Harold and Burns best exemplified the kind of film, un the understanding of how to make film regardless of its premise? Honestly, Elon, not really. Um, because okay. what was unique was Colin. Like Colin, unlike the vast majority of Wesleyan film majors, was very, very humble and was just sort of doing what he thought he could actually handle. And it turned out this movie won at Comic-Con the year we made it for best special effects. Like this movie went very far. And that's incredibly that's, that, unusual. That's very special for an undergrad film, much less a Wesleyan film. And don't get me wrong. I love Wesleyan. I love the Wesleyan film major. He taught me a shitload. But I was never a film major myself, but I took as many of the film classes as I could. Yeah, and yet you directed enough. But I came into Wesleyan having directed nine films. So like oh, I was already I see. so the and I worked on another nine over the course of my period there, yeah, but they yeah, were yeah. other people's films. Got it. So I had and I, I had worked at Warner Brothers. So like I was coming in with a lot of like practical knowledge. Why did you contribute this clip today? Um, because it shows in a period of my life when I was trying to do way more than I could and everything that I was doing on my own basically failed. <laughs> this was, Catherine is clapping. This was the one thing that succeeded and not only succeeded, but succeeded very, very well. And it was just a unique experience. We got to take over a campus house. We repainted it green so it would be easier for the green screen, for, you know, literally for the post-production editing. It was as close to working on a studio and having those kind of resources behind you that you could get to on a college campus. And it wasn't even as if those resources were really provided to us. It's just a bunch of things happened to work out. Well, let's take a listen to this is a scene. From ooh, the ooh, movie. Ooh, I can I almost we cut my one writing addition to this scene and I will describe it after we hear the clip. OK, we're going to we're going to be hearing effectively the ending of the film. Should spoilers. We, well, spoilers. Yeah. Is it important that we listen to the clip and just then we can talk about the premise or should we talk about the premise before the? So we should probably talk about the premise beforehand. OK, I'm jumping the gun. Please tell us what is Harold and Burns? So Harold about? and Burns is about Harold, a lovely young boy who goes over to his aunt and uncle's house um, to take Uncle care Burns. <laughs> to take care of their beloved bunny who they treat as their child, the little bunny Burns. And the family is very in insane about you must feed power pureed power juice to this bunny with egg in it and all these really ridiculously over the top things. But they say very clearly, don't feed him after dark because uh, he gets a little bloated was the line. And uh, what actually happens is that if he eats after dark, he becomes a super giant man eating buddy. And uh, that is all I will say, except, ooh, except one other thing. Except one other thing. <laughs> and then we should play the clip. Yeah. An asshole from his high school period who used to beat the shit out of him, out of this lovely kid, Harold, finds out that he's got this house to himself and comes and essentially sets up shop in this other kid's house just by Ranger! being an asshole. Ranger! At the end of the movie, this guy has uh, brought all his friends over. They're having a huge party, and he's returned, and Harold is finally trying to stand up to him. So here we go. Harold, 
You're a good kid, man, but you need to learn how to relax. The party's already here, so you might as well just let it go. Guys? Roger! <laughs> Look, I know what you're gonna say. But you brought this all on yourself. If, if you had just told me... So. I want a bunny. So, so basically, uh, Roger confronts Harold out front. I'm sorry, Harold confronts Roger, the asshole kid. Yes, in fr- on their porch. Could I, I love could, that you're calling could, them kids. Qu- quickly, could, yes. could we? Could we actually have Catherine describe? Ooh, even did? better. I think I think I'd like to hear what she. What, how, how would you describe what you just saw? So I've never seen it before. So some douchebag Joey Lawrence's brother <laughs> <laughs> is all like. Whatever. There's already a party going on, so just let me rape you. He's definitely a date rapist. Uh, I don't know if we've that, seen that was that kind of how he was supposed yeah. to be portrayed. <laughs> that is who he is. And then this dude who just looks like he listens to metal, but is in a movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Joe, the lead actor who played Harold. Does he listen to metal? Not really. Okay. He actually sings a lot of acapella, but keep going. Right. Well, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so they go in, and then like there's supposed to be a party going on, but there's kind of like maybe red liquid but it's like a red filter no it's no, like no. A it's, red it's, it's a red it's a red light for, you couldn't see it because the angle you were looking at the screen but it's a red light that we shine from the stairs down so it looked like an emergency light and it actually was an emergency light and um the room is is totaled right like well i'm like, aware that it's total okay, but cool. there's like red i thought there was like red liquid or red filter no, 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 on no. light you did, see, like you did see a red aura. dixie cup you did see a red dixie cup on the floor okay. in the in the red emergency light that absolutely thank you script supervisor (laughs) (laughs) really the important part of what we saw (laughs) um yeah so whatever then like uh douchebag guy is like looking around for his friends or probably someone to rape and then there's nobody there and then he comes into like 
the the, the living, living room, room where like the guy that's been taking care of this adorable bunny uh is staring at something we don't know what uh, and then douchebag is now staring at the same something, and it's a big, gigantic, adorable, red-eyed bunny. Nine-foot-tall bunny. Just adorable. <laughs> and uh, the bunny then proceeds, and it was hilarious, because Catherine said, just feed the bunny, and that's actually what happens. Yeah. The, the bunny some whips out some... douchebag okay. at a party probably was like, let's give this bunny something. <laughs> and then the bunny was like, oh, I'm going to fucking eat all of you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, then... I, yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep like, going tape it's his tongue i'm Thank aware <laughs> but you guys won best cgi what year 1995 i kid i kid 2006 <laughs> fuck you so this thing that's supposed to be a bunny tongue <laughs> watch the fucking movie yeah all I right saw. so no, i'm kidding i'm kidding that's my main question is is that you can't help but notice that this huge bunny Decides to destroy and eat all of this. Uh, all the douchebags. By using a tongue in the way of a frog. Yep. I don't know anything we about We never rabbits. explain any of that. All it's right. just have sort of a thing. Okay. seen the one movie where bunnies are depicted as killers? I have seen <laughs> clips of it. And oh my Wait, God. Oh, pop quiz question. What incredibly famous, like, you know, era genre changing film that came out in 1999 has that exact same giant bunny eating film playing in the background TV when they meet a bunch Tony of... Tony Darko? The Matrix. Okay. Yeah. Mm. The bunny's tongue whips out, wraps around uh, Roger's leg, and sucks him into his mouth. And Harold grabs his hand right before he gets eaten by the bunny. So and douchebag grabs nice guy's n- hand. Well, nice guy, yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of No, I don't B. think nice guy helped. Douchebag grabbed nice guy's hand. I mean, that is fair. Joe did have a pretty vacant expression while he was... Fa- I'm sorry, Harold had a pretty vacant expression as, as, as Roger grabs his arm. Yeah, um, date but- rapist grabbed the <laughs> He grabbed the hand. But that guy was not giving hand then we He was not the- trying to save this guy at all. So, so Roger, so, so I'm sorry, Harold now has Roger by the arm and Roger is with a tongue wrapped around his leg by a giant bunny. The bunny's about to just suck him into his mouth and they're just sort of standing there holding each other at tension. Right. And, and he's decided to do a hook on the couch with his foot. Like yeah. he's been doing acro yoga. Something like that. Yes. <laughs> and apparently that's, and apparently that had enough force to keep him being, both of them being sucked into the bunny's mouth. But again, that, t- how how strong could that tongue really be? I don't know. It looks like it could pull a car out of a out of a ditch. Absolutely possible. <laughs> you said that there was uh, uh, something that we need. So, to, so yeah. two of the things. So, so basically, at the end, you know, we hear the callback line that is coming in Harold's head. Party's already here, so you just got to learn to let it go, let it go, let yeah, it go. Yeah, we heard it. And Joe, <laughs> we all were all there. <laughs> and uh, Harold smiles and lets him go, and he gets sucked into the buddy's mouth. In the original script, what we wanted and then to add... the most important part, go on. Oh, fuck off. By one addition to that scene in terms of the writing after, and we and I edited that scene. Because it the, only needed one thing. You were the one who had to edit it? Yeah. I mean, I went, I, because I was the producer, I was oh, like Connell or Colin. Why do I keep calling him Connell? I have a, I have a, a cousin-in-law <laughs> named Connell. That hit, my friend's name is Colin Thays. He was the director. <laughs> Colin sent me the we script. just call you Wimmel? Yeah, just call me Wimmel. Um, Gabe... <laughs> Uh, so I would edit it and I would just sort of go over the general stuff of what, you know, organizational things were happening and who was going to be doing the special effects. And it was honestly mostly just Colin and Maddie. But anyway, I wanted to add a scene and we had this in the script for a while where basically after he sucks Roger down, he then burps up his jacket. Is that how you said it? <laughs> yes. After he sucks, sucks him, him down. down he Maybe burps- that's why they poo-pooed it. Thank you. Thank you. He burps up his jacket and Colin and I both thought that was really funny, but the problem was it was going to be 
like an extra 30 seconds of special effects or an extra like really like 15 seconds of special effects. Yeah. And there were already so many months of post-production work that went into just animating that. Yeah. That we basically ended up just ditching it. Wimble, uh, well, you didn't I mean, have to. Sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, so then what you basically opted was to find a more realistic, less tongue-in-cheek ending. And it was literally right. a tongue on a cheek. Literally. And so, no, and so actually, no, literally, we have, no, and, and, and it's hilarious how both of you are hitting this because this is exactly the conversation that happened. He's going to he... lick his face in love. Why couldn't, so, he, why couldn't he just spit the jacket out off camera? Like what, 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 what the fuck, <laughs> Catherine? How I mean, you're talking about thirty what? seconds of CGI. Just fucking do practicals. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, I maybe we'd still have to animate the jacket coming from somewhere as no. opposed to like you just seeing it throw from behind him. You know? he, the tongue didn't come from somewhere. We know where it came from. But the tongue. But at the very end, the tongue comes out. We had already put a little bit of um, just uh, a burp uh, noise in a jacket. No, what's it fucking called? Um, Vaseline. <laughs> we put a little Vaseline on Joe's cheek mm. and we started the shot uh, and we, we make it look like the tongue whips out of the rabbit's mouth and hits Joe's cheek. And the shot of Joe starts when the tongue is already on his cheek. And so all we show is the tongue being pulled away from the cheek. And so all you see is the Vaseline. So it looks like he's got spit on his cheek and he touches it and he smiles and he laughs, meaning everything's okay. And they're buddies and end cut the credits. Bunny's tongues aren't wet. But this was, this was the movie. This was the, at a time in my life, which was sort of, again, and has been, has, has been the theme on Catherine's show. Um, when I have been a guest, this was the beginning. This was sort of like the last really successful thing that I think I did before I essentially became a full blondies drug addict. <laughs> so, you know, this was so this has a very um, meaningful moment in my life to this day. And I've, and I've made a number of films since. But to this day, it's the ideal of a working relationship yeah. um, because all of us work together. Well, we all love doing it. And all of us just had a fucking blast. I mean, I've done myself of similar horror film yeah. put it more in recent years yeah i don't know if i feel totally comfortable using the footage of this film in a reel it Bud. is it, it's chiller variety okay it's called walrass nice and i had a lot of fun doing it shout out to tony wolf my friend who suggested me for the role but I can't help but feel like this premise just doesn't... I don't know. Like It's one of the last things I've done in film, actually, to be mm -hmm. fair. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about your uh, history with uh, any like college student films or, um, you know, sort of horror films, Catherine. But uh, this one, uh, I don't know if it's any worse or better uh, in terms of uh, mm -hmm. of cheekiness and cheesiness uh, mm -hmm. with an uh, oversized bunny. Yep. This was a walrus that was popping out of, of someone's body and eating eating sounds like a classic chiller film it, it, it eats people but it comes out of an ass it's a walrus that <laughs> can, that murders people <laughs> by exploding out of an ass the walrus yeah wow we need to watch this on no this has to be seen this movie has to be seen we it's have a, to we have to screen this thanks All for right. interrupting me you fucking man <laughs> It's, you know, granted, it's just a trailer. It's not the full film, but it's done. Wow. The special effects are really quite stellar yeah. for for what it is worth. And mm. uh, I, I admire the attention and the detail and the painstaking efforts that come to doing the, on the technical side. Uh, from a performance standpoint, uh, it was very hard for me to like get into it because I'm just not myself super mm. into that kind of genre of yeah. film. Yeah. I was happy to provide the talent, but just like 
you know, as certain. It wasn't your cup of tea. It wasn't. It wasn't my cup of walrus. walrus. (laughs) Did you, Catherine, get involved in any uh, cheesy horror films, or uh, did you specifically in college get involved with any student film? I've done a horror film called Sure Thing about shark attacks. Okay. Wait, sure please. How do we? Oh, sure thing. I love it. That makes more sense. Okay. Wait, what were you? What were you, you thinking? Something sure, else? I thought no, no. I think sure thing. And I was like, okay, how do we get to sharks? Oh, sure thing. Yeah. Now we get to sharks. Uh, so that was one. Uh, then there's one that was like recorded but never edited because the car or footage from the car was stolen. Like there was a robbery. But um, bum. Yeah, that dude just didn't edit it and was too fucking lazy. He, what? <laughs> he did put a shower scene in every movie. Oh god. So I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. Catherine, can you called... be in my shower scene? I think no. you'd be perfect for it. No, he knew better. I would. No, <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Uh, but I did get to cover someone's tattoo. That was awesome. Cause... Wait, with. Because he was supposed to play like a virgin, innocent guy, and he had like a gigantic tattoo. So I did the makeup. I got to cover his tattoo. Oh, nice. Wait, wait. So what role did you play in this film? Um, I forget. Uh, some girl. I was a girl. I don't know. Wait, no, no. But I mean, but 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 obviously you were doing makeup as well. So you were helping on other things. Yeah, like, what I was helped. Your, what you was just your... had like a background or extra role. No, 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 no. I had lines. Like it was called Shooting Stars. I don't remember the name of my character. I don't remember. Wait, you're... I'm, I'm sorry. For a second, I thought you said your character's name was Shooting Star. I wish. No, I don't yeah. remember my character's <laughs> name at all. I just know that it was called Shooting Stars and that I was in it and that I think I think everybody was like in a relationship, but then there was like sports, but like it was, it was <laughs> a lot of sports, like too many sports. Yeah. When I made the card at the end and we all signed it, it was like a yearbook. I think we were all in high school, but like it was like the decathlon, but the decathlon wasn't a decathlon. It was like football, basketball, soccer, and like it didn't make sports a thon. Yeah, it was a sports a thon. It was just it didn't make much sense. I'm also the mysterious narrator in some horror film. Oh, that's great. That's cool. That's yeah. very fun. But it was just tits and wigs. Let me ask you this. What do you, wait, what the hell do you mean by I'll that? I'll show you the pictures. Okay. <laughs> pre, was, that, was this pre or post improv? This had did? to be pre. This had to be pre. Um, I think it may have actually been pre. All right. It was when I was working on in film, but not yet found improv, maybe? Yeah. Or maybe like so early in improv, I'm still just doing short form. Kath, would you would you consider yourself, because at least I've only known you through the improv world. And so like, would you consider improv being like where you found your voice? Because at least in my head, when I think of Catherine Dunn, I specifically think of you being primarily an improviser force. Does that make any sense? Thank you. That is a compliment, motherfucker. (laughs) We actually have a clip of Catherine's to talk about now. She's next up on the list. And please give us some context. Tell us about the NBC diversity application. Oh, fuck. What? Oh. What? White Catherine Dunn applied for the NBC diversity fellowship? Scholarship. Uh, you Scholarship. are aware that as a white male, you're the only one that can say that. I'm female. Okay. And it's also. I'm uh, sorry. The fact that you have a vagina makes, makes it divert. Oh, yeah, God. NBC that, is not that bad. No, it's true. And then also the fact that I like to rub my vagina on other vaginas That's makes fair. me diverse. Okay. All yes. right. Fine. Wait, wait. But did you, did you know? Did you, wait, but did you know that you were gay? I'm not sure how it works on a timeline because I'm 21 now. Yeah, we're going to have exactly. to do some math. That's but weird. I knew that I was into women probably in preschool, but I announced it by 13. Okay. So what we're listening to is we're listening to a middle school age. Yeah, you're gonna have to clarify a very interesting story you told me a couple weeks ago. I but think, okay, you know what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Catherine. We're gonna have to just throw all the uh, years under the table here, and we're just gonna listen to this. And oh yeah, so bad. You gave me all the access. Yeah, no, I get it. 
So, I was worried you'd pick this. <laughs> Elon, can I please say what you said or what I first walked in this morning? Go ahead. I have an amazing clip that is going that is going to embarrass the hell out of Kevin. <laughs> something along those lines. I think I'm parap- I am paraphrasing. You didn't say that exactly, but something okay. along those lines. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I think it will. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh God. I'm so sorry that you can't see <laughs> Catherine interviewing herself. Don't fucking yes. it. Don't look it up. I would love to be able to make people laugh and do comedy and perform for the rest of my life. What is your name? My name is Catherine Dunn. How old are you? Um, I don't think it's polite to ask a lady that. How long have you been doing improv? I've been doing improv ever since high school. Uh, my first class got me hooked. When was high school? Not long ago. What is it about improv that interests you? Ever since the first time I tried it, I it was, uh, I just, I guess it was just a lot of fun. Like it felt like a whole body experience. I like, I like to make things up, I guess. And not that I'm a liar, but I guess it's like not having to grow up because you still get to play with your friends. You know, you're not bound to this earth. What makes you a good candidate for the diversity scholarship? My enjoyment of improv obviously makes me a good candidate, but also the fact that I love the pit, I love the philosophy of the pit, and I would like to take all the classes at the pit. I would take it very seriously. I do take a career in comedy very seriously. I would eventually like to try out for a house team. I would like to eventually teach, you know. Who is your favorite performer? Right now, the person on the scene that I like is Thomas Middleditch. He is capable of a two-person scene with six characters on stage interacting, and he's playing all of them at least once. And I like anybody who is that versatile. I like anybody who's capable of doing like a one-man herald. What was your favorite experience on stage? I like any moment where I can feel the energy in the room. You know that moment when you know what the person wants and you're giving it, or they know what you want and they're giving it. I I enjoy those moments and when things just work perfectly and you can feel it working perfectly and you're not really thinking because it's just happening. Like, for example, about a week ago, I was performing with one of my teammates, um, Mike on Rooster. I tapped my foot and then he tapped his foot. Um, And then, you know, I did something where I guess he picked up on like a Morse code to my tap and then he started doing tap dance. It was at that moment that I realized, oh wow, this did not go where either of us expected and now this is a really good fun scene and I'm glad I'm in it. Um, I like any scene that I'm glad to be in or any scene that I really want to be in. Have you ever had any plastic surgery? No. No, I have not. You're a woman, aren't you concerned about your looks? Uh, there was something on my ear that was removed. I also had dent, uh, braces. Nose? Breasts? No, does it look like I've had any of those things? Well, they are rather large. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Yours are nice as well. Are you flirting with me? No. No, I think you're taking this out of context. You're very good looking. Thank you. Tell me about your group. It's actually all boys. Um, 
All of my teams have been all boys, except for the one that I didn't form. We've been together since February. I started the group myself, actually. It's called Rooster. My, my teammate, Keo, came up with the name. And it just, it stuck. Um, oddly enough, I find myself in all boy teams. I think the problem is I don't know that I'm a girl. You don't consider yourself a girl? Are you a lesbian? No, I didn't say that I was a lesbian. I just said that, um, I guess I think I'm a boy, you know? Like, when I dress myself, I picture a man, and then I'm surprised to see that there are breasts and small shoulders in the mirror, in my clothes. Have you ever had relations with any of your teammates? Uh, no, actually. I have not. I have not, uh, made my rounds through any of my groups. Do you feel that sex is necessary to further your career? No, I don't actually think uh, that women have to... I don't think women have to play the slut or be a slut or have sex with anybody to further their career. I know that that happens and I know that sometimes it works for people. I don't think it happens here. I'm not sure. I don't know much about like the seedy side of the improv world. I don't imagine there is a seedy side. Maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe there probably is a seedy side to every world, right? Why do you like improv? Why not just do stand-up? I like, you know, it's funny, I really like being on a team. With improv, you never know what you're going to wind up doing and there's just so much exploration and more possibility there that um, I just find it more appealing. Thank you. Thank you. Holy <laughs> shit, Catherine! Yeah, what seriously. the fuck was that? I have no what? fucking idea. <laughs> I have not watched that since it was made, and I hate it. <laughs> please say, please say what you yelled out in the middle of the clip while we were watching that. Uh, nothing. I, I refrained oh, from yelling. Which, which, God. Which part of which she was yelling? I don't know. I don't know if she there was is. yelling throughout the entire I, I don't know if there is a CD part of the improv world. Uh, wow. Would you like to state no, your response? I don't remember. <laughs> Much like improv, you had to be there. It's gone. Let's, You'll let's, just have to recap it. What did I say, Will? Let's, you said, do you want me to do the setup line? I don't know if there is a seedy side. Maybe there is. Turns right. out there is. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. <laughs> all right. All right. So we covered that part already. <laughs> Not prescient whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to social media. Right. Uh, for Yes, for more information, please do go to Catherine Dunn's uh, social media page. I'm sorry, what? Just social media in general. Like, everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, fair point. No, okay. for sure. N nothing's uh, a secret anymore. Not, yeah, no, nothing Aaron is nothing. Aaron is a rapist. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, You're no, You're going to no, edit no, that no. out. No, it's okay. We're, we're, we make controversial statements of views and opinions expressed by Radio Free Brooklyn on this show do not reflect those of the team and the management. Listener discretion. Is advised. We just say shit. Right. Aside from that, let's start from the beginning there. This <laughs> immediately... <laughs> You had my respect because you took a page from Stop Making Sense. The movie with the talking heads doing a live, it was like Jonathan Demme uh, directed. And I'm almost certain that if you get the DVD, 
one of the extras is David Byrne interviewing himself. So that precise... And it's actually kind of amazing. That precise sort of setup reminded me exactly of that. So I got to give you props for that because it was like very formal Catherine Dunn and then very sort of like loose, you know, just chilling, you know, David, uh, you know, uh, Catherine Dunn. So it, it was you interviewing yourself and you picked two different characters, one being a heightened you and one being a relaxed, casual you. I will say that I did not get the diversity scholarship. That is obvious. <laughs> just, just, re- just real quick, just, what, whose decision was it to have your character as the interviewer start getting horny over the interviewee? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of that. Uh, if I could do it again, I would edit out a lot of it. It was like way longer than it needed to be. It was the first video that showed up on your uh, YouTube channel. And I must ask, because almost all of the stuff that you have up there is really great. You know, you recorded a ton of your old improv sets in full, um, which is really sweet. I, myself, would never be able to know how to watch myself do it in whole improv. I don't watch. You don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch for, for any of you, For any of you back home, if you do watch yourself on stage, it is quite a painful experience because it is one of the most visceral, like, oh, my God, I see everything I'm doing wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, I once wrote myself notes watching one of those sets. I'm like, I can't do this. What <laughs> made you decide to do this? The, the, the setup? Um, honestly, it was laziness. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look that lazy, Kath. It really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking it may be just sort of a, a, a stab at irreverence, really, if anything. A what? Yeah, I would, a I would stab, agree. A stab at irreverence. Irreverence. I thought you were saying a reference. I'm like, a reference to what? The thing? The talking Irre- has? Irre- <laughs> a reverence? A stab at irreverence? I guess. I don't know. But I mean, Kath, for, for like, for, for I mean... You know, I, I, I'm on Elon's side here. That was a very that was like at least for the time that you were making it. That's a very well to put together piece. I, I have never heard you more embarrassed in your entire. Uh, yeah, I, well, it, since I've met you, it, it, that was clearly the most visceral reaction <laughs> yet of anything. This is easily this tied is, for like you know one or two. Right, what, would, what would the other one be? For I am you? not. You I am not going to mention any. Do you really want me to start I mentioning those? You have I'll, I'll tell you when we get on the booth. Okay. Look, you've shared clips of you and your grandpa. You've shared clips of you babbling about boys. You've shared. <laughs> you shared. You shared a clip of you singing Madonna in the karaoke. Oh, that style. was terrible! I was embarrassed by that. Wait, 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 wait. Was that at the karaoke? Well, wait, was that the karaoke job, or was that just no, you singing a chi- as a child? No, how did I miss that? Yeah, but check the episode. Check the episode. Uh, we'll reference it in the comments. I, I f- for forget what the episode was called, but uh, we had Matt Finch there on the episode with us. That's oh. true. I don't recall it off the top of my head. At any rate, this one is you significantly older than the girl who was singing Madonna. Not and- really. If you look at the date, I probably was about the same age. That's fair. But go on. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just Will, soaking the same Will, Will, Will Will's just sucking on a, on a lozenge trying to downplay. Yep. Somebody told me that they watched this and that they used it. I don't I didn't watch their diversity uh, application, but they used it as inspiration. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I wonder why you even that's actually a pretty good compliment. And and, and you didn't use this in any way, shape or form. Yeah, right. You didn't use this in any way, shape or form for the NBC diversity. No, I did. You you actually submitted that. (laughs) See? Yeah, no, I did. Uh, But I didn't get it. Uh, surprise! Yeah, no, I told you, surprise. Um, but the other person, the person who said that they were inspired by this, did get it. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Oh boy. And who was that? Uh, I'm not gonna say. Okay. I'll tell you guys later. Okay. Tell, tell us later. Yeah. We gotta take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, some clips of my own. Ow, ow. Uh, this is Lost and Rebound on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm here with Catherine and Will. Stick around. Radio Free. 
welcome back. You can listen to our past episodes at lostandrewound.podomatic.com. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Radio. It's something I have been doing uh, and I've been in love with for as long as I've been using a tape recorder. Um, when I finally got a chance to be on the other side of the microphone, I was in freshman year of Ithaca College. Unlike Wesleyan, where they don't let you do film right away in your freshman year, mm. they do allow kids to come in in their freshman year and get right on behind the boards. Love it. Uh, it's really great. It's one of the reasons why they have such a prestigious program because they really integrate their students early. Um, I wanted to be a communications major. I wanted to be a TV radio major um, instead of a theater major when I applied to Ithaca. They did not grant me that because my GPA was sucking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had to apply for those programs before you got accepted? I don't think I realized that I needed to actually be a smart person to apply for this program. <laughs> but the answer but the answer to that is yes. I applied for communications. They said no, pick another one. Like oh, idiots. Man. But they over enrolled that year too, which was oh, so funny. I got this acceptance letter, kind of like acceptance letter, like you've been accepted to Ithaca, but not for the major you wanted. So <laughs> pick another one. And so I picked writing. And then, like, sufficiently uh, wrote myself into a, a, a stupor to the point where I refused to ever write poetry ever again. Like, know that feeling. Love Ithaca for uh, making me not want to ever write poems again. But, that, but, that's, <laughs> but that's on me. That's on me. I Radio. wrote poems in college, and I don't want to write them again. Yeah. Maybe it's just college. <laughs> I, got, I got into poetry in college, and then I very quickly got out of it. Maybe it's just a phase for everyone. It's just a phase. This radio phase was not a phase, phase. but it was uh, what I loved the most of all. And I'm going to play a little excerpt, and we're going to hear just how awkward I am on the microphone. All right. Can't we just listen now? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 92 WICB Ithaca. This is the Down Underground Show on the one and only City Rhythms. You just heard the Liquid Crew All-Stars with Callie Kings. Before that, off of the new album, Expansion Team, that was Pay Attention, Dilated Peoples. Good stuff, good stuff. And before that was the remix of Longevity by J-Live. We're going to do some weather right here, right now in the studio. Tonight, well, we already saw a mess of rain. We could very well see a thunderstorm coming our way before the night is over. But by daybreak, there'll be a 70% chance of precipitation. Rain mixing with snow. Snow or no snow, it will be temperatures in the mid-30s. Tomorrow, breezy and cool, the temperatures in the lower 40s, and a mix of rain and snow is again likely. Tomorrow night, it'll be mostly cloudy with a 30% chance of snow, temperatures in upper 20s. Other words, guys, get your winter coats on. The snow is here, and it's here to stay. And speaking of the winter season, the holidays are coming up. And we here at WICB are all about giving. Tone 122, tell me what you got. Yeah, um, College Town Visit uh, Video, whoops, uh, which is located on 103 Dryden Road in College Town, is giving away one free video rental to the third caller that's going to call us tonight. The number's... 274-3217, call us up, you get a free video rental. Alright, nice. Okay, this is the Down Underground Show, and we only play you the quality hip-hop out there. 
So let's keep it going. This is Ladderix, Deep in the Jungle. Check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Elon is a <laughs> is a very intelligent um, white yeah. boy. Um, from That's um, the home improvement from upstate from I'm sorry where are you from originally from Woodstock from Woodstock New York who went to a liberal grateless school just like me and he's running the hip hop show at Ithaca College how insane you know how insane that is so all right so first first off I, I think I, I messed up and, and said I'm less this embarrassed a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I thought this was an air check tape actually it was simply uh, just uh, a show that I recorded in the first semester at Ithaca so I'd already gotten deemed appropriate for the airwaves somehow no Elon that was great dude you are loving that you are clear that was the coolest weather report I have ever heard a weather report <laughs> I totally screwed up the name of a hip-hop group uh the name the group of uh, lyrics born and Latif the truth speaker was Latirix and I pronounced it Latirix these are the Fugies. Exactly. Um, they will be <laughs> fudges. I ended up correcting myself later, only after being told by my uh, co- cohort there, the one and only Tone One Twenty Two, as he went over the airwaves. Uh, Jan, who is from Germany and is still a German MC, to my understanding, great guy. I uh, had a really fun time yeah. uh, hosting with him, but I don't think he had a very fun time hosting with me. Why? So- whoa, 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 why? Oh, because like I was so green, I had no idea at oh, any rap yeah. music at all. So I was just sort of playing any and all rap music that Doug, a uh, former producer for Lost and Rewound in the podcast iteration, uh, we went to school together and he kind of schooled me on a ton of stuff that I needed to know about as soon as I got there. Wait, so, in terms of hip hop or in terms of, in terms of hip hop, in terms of hip hop, how is somebody who is a self-avowed or at least at that time in their life, a self-avowed uh, knowing nothing of hip hop? Why the hell did you end up? doing a hip-hop show great question uh i <laughs> wanted to learn more about hip-hop uh, that i didn't know about hey. rather than rock music i didn't know about so i opted to learn about something that i was interested in and had invested interest in uh because i figured like college you're not gonna learn it there where are you gonna learn about Good it hey man well done uh, no seriously more power to you the vast majority of friends i have who did radio in college did, did something that they were in love with not something they didn't understand i you know it, it is who i am now uh the whole idea that i could be talking to somebody or talking to a group of people ties into your uh curiosity Catherine. uh the answer is is that i really should have been pretending that i was talking to somebody instead of uh multiple people i think that's Mm. one of the things as you know Catherine might be able to back me up on this but being on the radio when you uh step into the studio and you're in front of a microphone and do you pretend that you are talking to one person or do you just say to everybody there is something really nice about treating your listener like they are the only person listening because there's a more personal nature to it where it's like hey what's up guys like (laughs) you don't know who's there like hello everybody i could be talking and nobody could care no i make it i mean i still make these mistakes to this day uh no for sure like i there's times where i'm saying we'll see y'all Pretending like we have like a group of people huddled around a phone or Welcome like to a the fireside computer. chats this evening with Elon. Exactly. Like I, I'm not going to get too big on myself, but uh, <laughs> it's nice to be able to know that there are multiple people listening. It's always best to treat that you're only there's only one person well, I, out I, there. I, I got to say, I find that um, as somebody who at least recently has been recently been like the last year and a half, two years has become really obsessed with a variety of podcasts that I never would have touched before. Yeah. Um, the things that draw me to most of them are the fact that they 
give me a sense of, and this is going to sound really depressing, but just bear with me. It's, it's, uh, they give me a sense of uh, feeling as if I'm not alone when I'm listening to them yeah. because of that, because exactly what you're describing. They, they act as if they're talking directly to you. And so there may be a conversation going on between multiple people, but it's all about conversation that is geared towards you. So that I absolutely agree. That that's what I love about radio. I've only had to be in the studio alone like very few times. So usually I am talking to somebody and that person's in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And I, for the most part, forget that people can hear it. And I don't know the numbers, so I have no idea how many people are listening to me. <laughs> so it doesn't like... I, I don't factor that in, but I try not to say anything that could go on record forever, but I'm pretty bad at like holding my tongue too. Yeah. Um, but the one time that I, no. yeah, I know. Um, <sighs> but the one time that I had to do something alone, it was actually um, my birthday episode at the old studio and Faceboy went out for a cigarette while I was answering like the hardest question. Cause it was about this crazy stalker boy. Wait, like, well, do you remember the question? Yeah. It was about, it was like about relationships and I was, it was telling the story about the guy with the restraining order. Oh, so like wait, but the give, give, tell, tell the audience. It's no, not long. I, 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 you I know think, it. Yeah, it's it's been talked about a little bit. Basically, okay. uh, Catherine had a stalker and she had to get a restraining order. And it was a big, big episode Literally. that uh, eventually got a conclusion. But at the expense of like everybody getting involved and trying to protect our girl Catherine here. Our good and dear friend Catherine. Yeah, I became like a whole fucking to-do. Ladies and gentlemen, the takeaway is don't get a stalker, you were saying. No, I have tons. I love having stalkers. <laughs> but this one was I, a but little... But most of them are social media and not a actual stalkers. Yeah. No, I'd like to think that some of them are actual stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> but none are like malignant to the point where I need a restraining order because they're entering my home. Yes. <laughs> and trying to attack right. people. And actually succeeding in attacking people. Um, but yeah, that time when I had to tell that like very vulnerable kind of story, I did picture somebody that I knew was listening. And acted as though I was talking or like was talking to them. You know, when I'm performing on stage, I try not to pay attention to who's in the audience. If I know that nobody's in the audience, it feels awkward. And if I know that there's a ton of people in the audience, I don't really care who's in the audience. I just know that there are people there. If there are people that I know, I'm happy. But it's not imperative that I need to perform at my best with people that are in the audience. I know that especially if it's improv. I know that I'm going to make mistakes up there. And if there's somebody in the audience who knows me, then great. And if not, then I don't care. And it's the same thing with radio. I don't, you know, whoever's listening, you know, I make the mistakes that I do. I say the things I say. I'm putting myself out there. You're being vulnerable. Do either of you guys look at the lights, basically? Because, like, if I if I honestly start to notice how big blind? the crowd is. No, 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 no. No, honestly, I, I will. Try, no, like a little bit. I will try to look at something that is going to stop me from seeing the rest of the audience. And so I will actually look at the high side. Or I'll look at the top lights. Or you could check in with your partner. Mm. Or I could check you try that. Catherine, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is also uh, my two main improv teams uh, head coach. So uh, that's mm. a, that's a note. And and Catherine has a water bottle and was actually the inspiration for renaming one of the teams. Shut up, Will. <laughs> that's right. It was a team. And also, thanks you for that callback, Will, because it mentioned in there that video that you made, Catherine that uh, you wanted to teach one day and you ended up doing that. And being very, very good at it. Thank you. I did also uh, get on a house team. I got gave myself a look. So, What was the name of that house team? 1-800-LONDON. At the auditions, we did something that was 1-800-LONDON. I don't know. Everybody got like a a stock name for the first um, show uh, based Mm. on something that happened at the auditions. And ours was 1-800-LONDON. But the night manager there... Uh, and I won't say how people felt about him, but the night manager there uh, <laughs> got it wrong, and he called us one eight hundred London. 
Nice. And then when we were coming up with names, I really loved the fuck up because I think mistakes are gifts. Just ask your mom. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, can we can we please just be one eight hundred London? And we were. There is a really great program happening because Radio Free Brooklyn has been partially funded to start an after-school program for local teenagers in 2019. The grant, unfortunately, will only pay for so much, so we still have a long way to go before this actually happens. The after-school program will allow teens from Brooklyn-area schools to learn about media and media-making, like radio, using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals currently working in the radio and journalism fields. So each participant will create their own radio show like mine here on Radio Free Brooklyn and will air on RFB on a new dedicated stream. So if you are really down for that cause, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash after school and then read about the program. Donate what you can. Thanks so much uh, for doing that. And of course, uh, you know, your donations are tax deductible. I already said that earlier on top. Why are you the master of repeating? I like to repeat. I'd Nothing like to, wrong with it. Like Nothing to, wrong with like it at all. I like to fluctuate over. I'm like, I'm like up to the top and high. And <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, are you uh, trying to say things a little higher? A little higher. Uh, want to get a little bit higher with your voice? Maybe we can do it like this. Maybe we can do it like this. If you're not familiar with Miss uh, Face Girl over here, she is on the Radio Free Brooklyn show Dunson as ow, well ow. as Art Star Scene Radio. Uh, respectively, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. each and every Saturday. And she also, you have a satanic bingo coming up this Sunday? It is actually the 16th. Okay. The next one is the 16th. September 16th at Bushwick Bazaar. Doors open at 8. Also, if you want to follow my hip-hop improv group, Boots and Cats. Boots and Cats! That's right. We're performing. Uh, we I think we might be performing the North Coast slot um, this upcoming Saturday. That, no shit. That, that is not confirmed. I think we uh, might be. I would recommend going following Boots N, the letter N, Cats on uh, Facebook. Uh, BNC Improv and the HTML, facebook.com slash BNC Improv. At the very least, you can definitely catch us hosting at the Pit Loft coming up on Thursday the 13th next Thursday and that will be at 7 p.m. with Ray Roast performing improv as well as Dip D Goal. What about you Will? What I would like to plug for this evening September 6th I would like to introduce you guys to a new series called Dread Talks a takeoff on the wonderful TED Talks. Dread Talks will be a series of comedians and other intellectuals of note coming to comedically talk about how shitty life is these days. For today, Dread Talks, a brand new comedy is coming to the show and bar and other venues near you. You've heard no doubt of the prestigious TED Talks. Well, welcome Dread Talks. This evening, tonight's speakers will be Joe Para, Tyler Fisher, Maya Shaman, Lance Weiss, Jenny Sutton, Sophie Zucker, Charlie Brandy, Maggie Crane, and John Galley. The panel will be homed by a bunch of other people who I'm not going to mention because you got to come and see it. So if you'd like to come, come to Star Bar Thursday, September 6th at 7 p.m. That is 214 Star Street in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by the Brooklyn Eagle and everything Brooklyn Media. Boom. Amazing. We're done. This has been Lost to Rebound on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Alon. I'm Catherine. And I'm Will. Thanks so much for listening to us person or persons. We will look forward 
to having you listen to us again. There's Next. only one you. Radio Free Brooklyn. See you. Okay, so here it is. Ecstasy is a pretty way of saying MDMA, a synthetic mind-altering drug with hallucinogenic and stimulant properties, sometimes known as X, E, Adam, or Roll. Now this is what happens. Ecstasy can take 30 to 60 minutes to take effect, and when it does, it creates a feeling of euphoria and openness and a decrease of inhibitions. It can make you think you're a good dancer, even when you're not, and it can make you think that people like you, when they probably don't. So there you are, dancing like a moron, sweating like a pig, with people that don't even like you. Now here's the problem. After spending the whole night partying, you could crash, and some serious depression can set in. Suddenly, life without X doesn't seem so great, does it? So you do it again, and again, and again, and again, and the more you do it, the more you want it, and then you can't figure out how to enjoy life without it. But here's the really fun part. Some of the pills passed off as ecstasy don't even contain it, so you have no idea how the hell you're gonna feel. Miserable? Paranoid? Nauseous? Pretty damn attractive, huh? But hey, the choice is yours. Just don't say I didn't warn you. A message from the Partnership for a Drug-Free New York and America.